Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I'm excited tonight. I wasn't supposed to preach this message tonight. And, um, well, sometimes you have a message and you don't feel to preach it, but tonight I really felt that I needed to preach this message. And so I don't know who it is in the room that I'm preaching this for, but I really could not shake the feeling that God wanted people to dream again tonight. I don't know who's lost their dream in the room tonight. I don't know who doesn't have a dream to begin with, but I just want to, from the outset, say that I strongly feel that God has put this on my heart for, for tonight for somebody in this room. I don't know who you are, but I know that God wants to meet with you. I don't know who you are, but I know that God wants to become the reality in your world right now. I don't know who you are, but I know that you've been struggling to have inspiration in the Word of God. You've been struggling in your prayer life, your relationship with God. You've been struggling with all these different things that have been happening. But I just want to say tonight that I truly believe that God's going to rebirth and give over some dreams from heaven, from His kingdom, into your spirit. And I pray that this message blesses you. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. By the way, my name's Dan, I'm part of the team here at Highway, and it's great to see you, but let's just get into the Word. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Doesn't that excite you? Sometimes we read that Scripture and it says, we in our mind go, some people, like just the church will have a Spirit poured out. No, no, all people will have the Spirit of God poured out on their life. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Any young men in the room tonight? Any sons and daughters who are going to prophesy tonight? Your old men will dream dreams. I'm not going to ask that question of you tonight. Your old men will dream dreams. I love that scripture. Tonight's message is called Dream Machine. There are two types of people in this room when it comes to your birthday. There are people who have a singular day, and it is called your birthday. And even though you have your birthday, that singular day of the year where you get to celebrate your birth, you don't particularly like your birthday the older you get, because there's something in the numbers that start to reach towards something, and it just makes you feel uncomfortable when it gets to your birthday. I'm one of those people already. (laughs) Not joking. One time I thought about my life, if it was a battery life on my iPhone, what percentage would I be on? Don't do that. Don't do that. I found out that I was about 70, below 75% way through, but don't do that. Don't do that in the room tonight. That'll distract you all night. But ever since that moment where I compared my life to my iPhone battery, I've struggled on my birthday to celebrate it. Like my birthday comes around, I'm like, yes, like the number's getting higher. And lately at youth, I felt a bit old. I'm not going to lie. After a Friday night, I'm feeling a bit old. And, and these things start happening. But one day is enough for me. I can celebrate my birthday in one day. Then there are other people in the room. And not just one, you don't just need one day to celebrate your birthday. You may not even need one week to celebrate your birthday. You need a birthday month to celebrate everything that God's done. These people are poppy. Poppy is a birthday month type of person. I know there's a few of you. Now, per, Poppy's birthday is actually coming up in December. So, but the other day, I got her, birth, her annual birthday list given to me. She takes her birthday seriously. I have learned over time that I just stick to the list. Do not differentiate from the list. 
Just purchase what's on the list and you cannot go wrong. Even if you think it's a good idea, just stick to the list. Poppy's a birthday month type of person. I didn't even know there was such thing as a birthday month until when we were dating, Poppy goes, my birthday month's coming up. And I turned around and I said, what? Isn't Jesus born in December? She's like, I'm born in December. But Poppy loves to celebrate her birthday. She loves it. And uh, for the longest time, I can't work out why someone would want to celebrate their birthday every, like for a whole month. One day is enough for me because I'm terrified of getting old. But here's what I've come to realize. Here's what I've come to realize. Age is not a number. Can I get an amen? Come on. Age is not a number. Everyone says amen. Age is a mentality that you carry. Age is not a number that you put on your birth certificate. That, that, no, no, no. That some of the oldest people I've ever met are 13-year-olds. They're old and they're tired and they've been at school all week and it's just been tough. They have no, you know, the 15-year-old with no vision for their life, no dream for their life. That's old. You don't have to, you, some of the youngest people I've ever met are 50 and thriving. They have dreams on the inside of their heart. They are something that God's given them, and they've got a vision for their next season of life. You see, your age does not determine how old you are. Right now, it is the mentality that you're carrying, the dream that you're carrying, that is determining how old you're acting. One of the people in the Bible that I love, they carried a dream, was this couple named Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah, man, they were old physically, but they carried something that, that gave them the oomph to their life. And there's some 13-year-olds, there's some 20-year-olds, there's some 30-year-olds, there's some 40-year-olds, there's some 50-year-olds, there's some 60-year-olds, and there's other people in the room who are so wise, but you're not old. You're not old. Some people need to hear that tonight. I don't know how, how old you are. It does not matter how old you are. If anything we find from the Bible is that God will use anybody who has his heart. God will use anybody in the season that you're in. Maybe you're retired. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just about to get out of school. But God has a dream for you tonight. You are a dream machine for the kingdom of heaven. You are a dream machine. You're going to have a vision in your life, a dream in your heart that you cannot shake. Hebrews 11, 8 to 13 talks about Abraham and Sarah. This is what it says. Are you ready? It says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later, as in he hasn't received it, but he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents. That's pretty bad. As did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Are you dreaming tonight? That's my question for you. Are you dreaming? Because your dreams will determine your discipline in life. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called 
to go to a place where he would later receive, as in he has not received it yet, but he would later receive. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not, you may not know where you're going right now, but my question for you tonight is, are you obeying right now? You may feel like you're just, your life's going round and round in circles, but is your dream determining the disciplines that you've placed in your life, in your heart, in your soul? Without a dream, you will not have the discipline. If we live life without a dream, we will only ever settle for what's convenient rather than for what's needed. You're going to go home past Macca's on the way home tonight. If you haven't had dinner ready, it's going to be convenient. Trust me, I know there's a Macca's right down the road from my house. And you know it's convenient, but it's not needed. You know that it's convenient just to scooch on in, get dinner and be gone, but you know that it's not needed. You've got to get a dream for your life that you can make decisions based upon that dream, not what's convenient. You see, we will fall time and time again for what's convenient rather than what's needed. We will, the flesh in us will cause us to time and time again fall back into what's convenient, what's easy, what's, what's, what's I don't have to work for, the thing that I don't have to think about, the thing that I don't have to put any effort into. We will always strive back to what's convenient, but God is calling His church, hey, no, 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 what's needed for the dream to come to pass. Your dream attaches you to a point of your life where you're not yet there. And it causes you to grow stronger and stronger and stronger into the person God's causing you to become. Don't anchor your dream where you are right now. A dream's supposed to cast you out into your future before you see it. That's why Abram's called out from the tent. He's called out from his father's house. He's called out from everything he knew. And it's almost like he's walking blind, just taking steps. I hope I'm not going to fall off the stage right now. But he's walking blind into the power and presence of God. And sometimes all you, have to, all you have is a word. Sometimes all you have is a word, a calling of God. Use that dream. Use that word. Use that call to obey and move into the power and purpose of God. We all have a dream body. Don't look at the person next to you right now. We all have that dream body. But you've got to make the dream real. It can't just be a good idea. Your dream, your God dream can't just be a good idea that you feel on Sunday, you feel the tingles, God, I've got the God dream again. No, no, no. The God dream is there on Monday and Tuesday, even when it's inconvenient. Even No, no, I'm going to bring that dream into a reality that I cannot see yet, but I will see in faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, but not yet seen. You've got to see it, you've got to believe it, but you've got to walk in it. Because we're either dreamers, and sometimes we dream too much, where we don't actually do anything about it. But a dream that causes me to do something is a dream worth having. And this is what I found. The dreams that I want are the dreams that I don't feel anything, I don't really need to do much about, because they're just going to come to me anyway. But the dreams that I feel God's placed on my heart are something that I have to take personal responsibility to bring from heaven down to earth. You can't wait for your dream to come. You've got to go do the dream that God's given to you. Get that discipline in your heart. Are you dreaming? Point number two, dreams determine your direction. They determine your discipline, 
but they determine your direction. By faith, in verse 9 it says, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents and so did his sons Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I love that he made his home in the promised land. Here's the thing, it was not yet the promised land. But Abraham was living from the promised land long before it became the promised land. That's the exciting thing. When you get a God dream in your heart, you can see the promised land. You can live from the promise before you're standing in the promise. That's the thing that God wants His church to know. You can live from the promises of God before you're standing on the promises of God. In fact, you should be living from the promises of God before you're standing on the promises of God. That's the exciting. It was not yet the promised land, but when Abraham stepped into this barren land, it became the promised land of God. See, a God dream causes you to live from it before it's even there. That's what faith will cause you to do. It says, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. This is for the parents out there. A God dream will always outlast you. A God dream will always flow through the generations that are attached to you. You've got kids in your home. You've got teenagers in your home. You've got toddlers in your home. Guess what? The dream that you have will flow through the generations. Abraham, uh, Jacob and Isaac were with Abraham and Sarah as they were going, about, but it was something about the presence of God that caused the generations to change as a result of a dream in the here and now, who were heirs with him. You've got to get the recognition that your children, the people that are coming from your family are heirs with you in the dream. And guess what? This is the way God intends. Because the dream is bigger than you. Flesh doesn't like that. The dream is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than my generation. You know, Abraham never actually saw the promise of God fulfilled gets to the end and it says, for they did not see the promises fulfilled, but the promise led him into eternity. The God dream in your life won't just lead you to a good place on earth, it will lead you into eternity. And generation after generation and generation will harvest the crop of your faith. They will harvest the crop of your dedication. They will harvest the crop of your, of your belief in God. They will harvest the crop of your prayers, church. Don't think that because you're praying today doesn't mean God's not answering. He just may answer through the generations that follow. The prayers that we, I'm convinced that we are, we are coming to a time where prayers that people have prayed hundreds and hundreds of years ago will be answered in our day. Plant the seed of faith. Plant the, plant the seed of faith. Get that direction for your life. A God dream will outlast you because God moves through generations. And then verse 10 says, for he was looking forward to the city. I felt this for somebody tonight. Poppy got a new windscreen recently. It started as a chip, this tiny little chip in the windscreen. And you know what happens? As you drive along the road, you take some bends, you go off-road, you hit some people. No, joking, not hitting some people. But you're going along. The chip becomes a crack. And then as you continue driving your car, the windscreen, the crack gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually the, the crack on Poppy's windscreen went from one side through to the other. And there was only one way we could fix it. Get a whole new screen for the car. And some of us, your vision has been cracked. 
Your vision's just taken a little bit of a beating, and God wants to give you a new screen tonight to see through. He's going to give you a new clarity tonight that you did not believe that you had. You feel tired. You feel worn out. It's not time. You've got to fix the, the little things, the little imperfections in the vision that you have from God, because those things get bigger and bigger and bigger through the journey of life. That's why every time we come into the presence, we go, hey, God, would you give me a new vision? Would you instill in me a dream, like refresh me, give me new hope, give me new joy, give me a new sense of your presence because we need it. Some of us are looking in the revision mirror when we should be looking through the windscreen. There's a reason it's bigger. Stop looking through the the revision mirror, learn from it, move on, look forward. I love that he said he was looking forward. Get your eyes looking forward. Don't look at COVID. Don't look at what was. Don't look at what could have been. Don't look at that. Look forward and step into the dreams and the purpose of God. You have a windscreen that's bigger than your vision mirror. Use it. Number three, dreams determine demand. I'll have the band back. And by faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. Even Sarah, who was past childbearing, she was 90 years old, but she still considered God faithful. You may feel a bit old in age, but do you still consider God faithful? You may feel a bit tired, you may feel a little bit visionless, but do you still consider God faithful? Because when we consider God faithful, it changes everything about the demand we're placing on His presence. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you legitimately needed God? I'm not talking about any other situation, like where you could go and maybe you could go to the doctors, they could get you better, or maybe you could go and get some help from an insight from a friend and they could help. No, no, no. A situation where you and everybody around you knew that you needed God. Those are the moments where we have to allow the demand that it places in our life to go, hey, I need God. And those moments, they're painful, but those moments in a, in a, in a, in a way that only God could, they're actually beautiful too because we're drawn back into His presence. We're drawn back from what we can do ourselves and what we, people can do for us. We're drawn to our knees and we come to a place where we realize that we need God to move, where we need the heaven and the creator of heaven and earth to come and become our present reality. You see, all of us know that that we have a, a demand on God. Like right now, your life is placing a demand on the presence. Did you know that? Right now, you're sort of leaning in, into the demand. You're leaning into God or you're leaning out. But each and every one of, of us are placing a demand on His presence. And in Australia, it's very comfortable. We get very comfortable. People always say, why do things happen in third world nations? Because they need Him. Why, why do miracles and healings and stuff happen? Well, because they need Him. There's no other alternative but the presence of God. There's no other alternative. They've got to get to God. They've got to place a demand on the presence of God. No half in, half out. No, no, full send into the presence of God. Every single time they need something. That's why miracles happen. We serve an omnipotent God. That means He is all powerful. He's all powerful. You do know that. 
Don't forget that. He is all-powerful. I think sometimes our society numbs us to the fact that we serve an all-powerful God. That's why we can freak out when we watch the news. That's why we can freak out with what politicians are saying and who's going to be. No, 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 no. We serve an all-powerful God, church. Let me remind you tonight, right now your life is placing a demand on God, but my question is, how much are you placing on Him? Are you half in, half out? Like, I don't really know. I'll trust God here. I won't trust Him with my finances. I won't trust Him. I'll trust Him with my family. I won't trust Him with this area of my life. I'll trust Him. I won't trust Him with my hurt, uh, but I'll trust Him with the food that we get on Sundays and stuff like that. No, 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 no. I'm going to be fully dependent on God because He has endless supply. He has, He's omni, He's all powerful. He has a limitless supply, but the supply that you're seeing is the, is the demand that you're placing. The supply of the presence of God and the power of God is the direct result of the, of the demand that you're placing on Him right here, right now. So if you want more supply, get more demand. If you want more of His presence in your life and power moving through you, get more demand on His presence. Get, in that, get into that room, read your Bible, pray, do whatever you need to do to get into the presence of God because your dreams determine demand. I remember the first time we did Hilltop Weekend two years ago, and stood up in front of a room with, you know, lots of teenagers in it. <laughs> and I made a pretty big promise, but I just felt I needed to do it. I knew it was a God word and that made it a bit easy, but it was still very scary. I'm at the altar at youth camp in 2021 and I feel God say, do another youth camp. And I'm like, I literally said, no, like out loud on the altar. I'm literally like, no, because it was a hell camp. It rained and it was bucketed and things all happened. We had no power the first day. And I'm like to God, no. And then I start making up all these excuses. Well, God, if we do it, you're going to have to find a way because parents aren't paying again. We already asked them for 150 bucks this year. And I know families just, they really, you know, they, they have three kids, some families or four kids. So you're going to need to supply that. And God says, okay. Say, well, God, if you do it, the weather's going to need to be good because currently it's raining. And God says, okay. And remember I got up at youth one night. I, I could not shake this feeling that we need to do it. I didn't even know what it was then. But we said, hey, we're going to put on a free event, free of charge for teenagers all on the northern Gold Coast. And um, the, the, all the attractions will be free. The food will be free. Uh, we're going to have a, the band. We're going to have, we believe God for like a, a move of God over the young people. Um, and we don't know where the money's coming from, but we just felt to do it. So in faith, I stood up and I said, this is what we're going to do. And then you really need God to move when you made a promise like that to a room full of teenagers because they remember those things. So I go, I remember going to like the Gold Coast City Council and it was just like God had already made a way before there was a way that needed to be made. It was like God had already supplied all of the finances that we needed. We would have raised ten. Like, we were raised like multiple, like thousand, one thousand dollars here, five thousand dollars here, seven thousand dollars here, three thousand dollars here. How did that happen? Because God had to move, and I had to place a demand on Him. I could not afford it. We we weren't able in a position to be able to afford that, but God knew. So I go to Gold Coast City Council. Hey, you willing to support us? Uh, yep, we're straight in. Great, that's a start. Bendigo Bank, yep, we're straight in. Some businessmen and women from church, hey, I'll put my money behind it. And before we knew it, we were able to put on this event that we did this year again, thanks to the glory of God. But that came from a moment of doubt. That came from a moment of God, no. That came from a moment of saying, hey God, I don't think you're actually thinking straight. We've got all these problems associated to it. But God was in it. That's a small thing compared to what some of you are walking through. I understand that, but the point's the same. 
when you place a demand on God, because I was praying hard, eh? Walking into those meetings, I'm like, God, I can't tell Pastor Byron made a promise and we don't have the money to do it. <laughs> I walked in the meetings and saw, like literally one of the guys goes, you don't even need, you've got the money. Before we even walked in, he was like, you've got the money. I'm like, whoa, that was quick. That's how God moves. Place a demand on the presence of God. Don't wait till you need to. Those moments are terrible and those moments are, again, beautiful. In this, but don't wait till tragedy strikes to place demand on the presence of God. Let's place demand on the presence of God even when we could get comfortable, church. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's what you call a demand on the presence of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to get into His presence. We need to dream because our faith is attached to what we can only do in God, not what you can do in you. We need to dream because our faith is attached to what only God can do. Point number four, as we wrap up, dreams determine your drive. And verse 12 says, and from this one man, listen to how the Bible describes Abram. This is pretty offensive. And he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. When the Bible's describing you as good as dead in the physical realm, who knows that God needs to do something in power to produce the dream and the glory of God on your life. But it says that He became the father of a nation. Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Some of us have been perishing because we've not been catching the vision that God has for our life. Some of us have been perishing because we've no longer got the dream that we used to have when we first got saved. We no longer have the dream due to disappointment and due to things that have happened in our life and our family. But God's saying, hey, dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Where there is no vision. You know, one of the reasons I think we, we struggle, one of the things that I've really placed on my heart when I first became a youth pastor was teenagers need a dream. When you look at mental health across Australia, we have some of the highest rates of suicide amongst young people in the world. Why? Because we've taken the God dream from them. What's being taught in schools, it's not giving them any purpose or any sense of, hey, I'm actually, I'm creative for such a time as this. And one of the things God placed in my heart is, hey, it's time to give a generation a dream again. It's time to give a generation a vision again. It's time to not let, let see people perish. No, 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 get a dream. And I'm just going to say this to some people in the room. Get a dream tonight. Get a dream. Because it determines your drive towards God. A dream that's bigger than you will constantly bring you back on your knees to the presence and the power of God. Get a dream. Because this is the reality. Drive isn't needed in the moments where I find myself where I want to be. Some of us are where we want to be right now. That's okay. But the drive that God's placed in your heart toward Him is not needed right now. It's needed in the moments when I'm not where I want to be, but where, I'm need, where, where I need to be. It's in the moments where you're not where you want to be in life, but it's where you need to be in life for the dream to come in power. One person said this, the poorest person in the world is not one without money. It's the one without a dream. Do you have a dream tonight? Can we stand to our feet?
Church, don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand your disciplines. Don't expect people who don't have your dreams to understand why you make church a priority on a Sunday. When you could be sleeping, you could be out at the beach, whatever. Don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand why you believe that God is working in all things. Don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand why you read your Bible or why you speak to God. Don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand your, your disciplines tonight, church. Don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand your direction in life, what you're doing right now, why you do it. Don't expect people to understand that who don't have your dream. Don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand the demand you're placing on the presence of God. Why would you put yourself in that situation of faith? Why? Because I believe in the presence of God. I believe in the dream is given me. Why are you doing that stupid? Don't, you know, don't, don't trust God with your money. Don't trust God with, with your family. Don't trust God with all these types of things. Why do you do that? Because I believe in the dream God's planted on the inside of my heart. Don't expect people who don't have your dream to understand your drive toward Him. Hey, you've been following God for 20 years. Are you sick of it yet? Nah, I need more of Him. You've been following God for 30 years. Are you sick of Him yet? Nah, I need more of Him. You've been following God for 40 years. Aren't you sick of it yet? Nah, I need more of the presence of God. Where is the church that says, hey, I don't care how long I believe. I need to keep coming back to the presence of God. I've got a dream that's bigger than me. I've got a dream that I might only find in eternity, but it leads me into heavenly realms that leads me into the power and the purpose of God. Church, would you just raise your hands right now? I believe there are people right now, if you feel with every eye closed, we're just going to come into a moment. But right now, if you feel, hey, I'm going to dream again. If you're tired, dream again. If you're worn out, dream again. If you're worn out of religion, dream again. If you're worn out of just doing the same old, same old, dream again. If you want a new dream tonight, if you want something birthed in your heart tonight, would you just do something? Would you come from your seat right now? Nobody's looking around, but right now in boldness, say, hey, I'm taking a step of faith. I'm dreaming tonight. Right now, where are you? You can come down the front. You can come down the front. You can stand your chair. You can do whatever you want. But if you want to, hey, I want to take a physical step tonight. Would you come down the front? I've got a dream again. Let's worship. Thank you, team. Let's worship. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.